Alrighty, well, uh, we're back again, and uh, well, let's get into it. But uh, actually, before we get to our wacky headline, uh, what are we discussing today? Uh, today we'll be discussing the selling of your soul, and who has or hasn't done it. Uh, maybe it explains the behaviour of certain people, and uh, yeah, and does it actually exist? Uh, it's talked about a lot, it's been written about a lot, there's been movies about it. Maybe it's real, who knows? Who knows? Alrighty, well, before we get stuck into that, mm-hmm. uh, let's get stuck into a wacky headline. Go on. Oh, this one's not that wacky, but um, it's a bit ridiculous, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I think everybody's aware that uh, Australia has hosted the Women's FIFA World Cup yeah. recently. and uh, Which brings me to this headline. Uh, alrighty, so Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaget reveals plans to honour the Matildas World Cup heroics with a statue outside Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. What's the statue going to be made of? I mean, if they had won it, they could have been gold. If they come second, it could have been a silver statue. If they come third, it could have been a bronze statue. So what is it? Brown or something? They come fourth. <laughs> Chocolate. And then what, what's, she, what's she going to do for the um, our netball team that won the actually won? The netball yeah, cup. That's that's right. Yeah, over in yeah. South Africa. Yeah, and so, you know, obviously the Matildas never sold their soul because they just. <laughs> I actually worked it out. They played five and a half hours of soccer. I'm not. I'm not calling it the F word, but <laughs> soccer, and they scored one goal in open play in five and a half hours, and they get a statue. Wow, that's uh, look Anastasia Palaszczuk. Um, the childless COVID dictator, is she doing this to sort of try and get some popularity for herself? Perhaps, yeah. Yeah? Maybe, yeah. Possibly. But they come forth. They don't deserve a statue. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And and I don't know how they're going to win the next one because <laughs> rumour has it that the uh, United States soccer team has recruited a new goalkeeper, Lizzo. <laughs> And I, I don't think there's a soccer player in the women's game skilled enough to get one around her. Oh. <laughs> It'll just be America, whatever, the other team, nil. <laughs> and can you imagine the net marks on her, on her legs and ass afterwards? Oh, no, I don't want to imagine that. I don't want to imagine that, but... Um yeah, but getting back to the Matildas, right? Yeah. They don't deserve a statue. No. And uh, they do want to be paid more. Yeah. But do they really deserve it? Because well, uh, there is... The figures have been done on the men's World Cup soccer and the women's and what it generates in TV revenues or whatever. And as it turns out, as a percentage, the women get more money uh, from the revenue generated than what the men do. But the men generate, you know, uh, multiples of what the women do. Oh, okay. They yeah. get paid more than the women, but as a percentage of the revenue they bring in, it's actually smaller. So, you know, in the end, it's just simple maths, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's true. And speaking of the Matildas, mm-hmm. this is the same team that uh, back in 2016, <laughs> they lost yeah. a friendly match to Newcastle Jets under 15's boys team. <laughs> That's, that's, one, that's, that's the one where they stopped scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I, may have, I think I think it was seven nil in the end, but yeah, yeah it was. Um, 
Yeah, that's a true story. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, but look, women's sport is um, it's different from men's sport. It, it, it is, can't yeah. really be compared. But uh, you know, in the end, it's the quality of the product. There, there are some women's sports that uh, are great, like um, athletics, cricket. Is, cricket is yeah. that's really getting up there. But yeah. athletics, uh, I, the World Cup is on at the moment. If the World Championships for athletics, yep. And some of the women that perform there are, are awesome. Yeah, right. it's great to yeah. watch. They are athletes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I really enjoy watching women's cricket. Mm. Yeah, I quite uh, enjoy it. But you know, it comes down to like, uh, but you know, being paid, right? Yeah, you, you, you know, you don't. The, the sport doesn't become interesting because you get paid more. No, you get paid more because the sport is interesting. Yeah. And also, like with most sports, the men have been at it longer. Yeah. Like men's soccer has been around for you know a hundred or so years, well over a hundred years, and women's soccer really has only just got started. So, you know, who's to say in twenty five to thirty years the rewards might be there? But you can't just come along and expect it to be the same. Yeah, that's very true. Hmm. All righty, well, so that's our um, bit of a wacky headline. But uh, all righty, well, let's get into it. So we're speaking about selling your soul. Right. So, and, and look, there's, you can get examples from business, or sport, politics, and mine is the obvious one today. It would have to be Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> now, if anyone has sold their soul, and you know, you could put Jeff Bezos in there or Elon Musk, but these guys have got more money than you ever need, that you could ever dream of. So, I mean, are they brilliant individuals or did they do a deal with the devil? and sell their soul. And the reason I say Zuckerberg is I think he's got a few steps further because <laughs> while the devil was extracting his soul, he actually, because he asked for so much, I think he extracted some of his humanity as well. <laughs> he is a freaky looking guy. <laughs> he is. And and the, the test for it is like, you, you, you go, you've been camping quite a bit in your lifetime. Yeah. You know, when it gets dark and you put a torch under your chin. <laughs> Can you imagine Zuckerberg doing that? would be frightening <laughs> he, he just has no traces of humanity he doesn't he his emotions are basically uh non-existent aren't they no they're non-existent and you know has anyone seen him bleed i no no they haven't and <laughs> he could and, be alien yeah he could be an alien but also another characteristic of the modern multi-multi-billionaire is that they're all spending some of their billions on researching how to live to 150 Yes, right? so and we've we, discussed this before. Yeah. So, is the reason they're trying to live to 150 is because they're scared of what's coming, and they're trying to put it off as long yeah. as possible, uh, prolonging it. Yeah, yeah, prolonging the, uh, the inevitable. Yeah, what they they've probably been shown what's on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> so why not spend yeah you know, another 60 or 70 years of not whether they burn in hell or anything like that, but um, it sort of makes sense because they're not spending the money for you to live longer. It's for them. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and also, the, I reckon some, some of the proof that they do sell their soul is that they, they never quite get away from the, the devil on this earth. Like, for example, I think he's taking the piss one. He's making Musk and Zuckerberg cage fight <laughs> as part of the fun. <laughs> the devil enters. Zuckerberg doesn't want to fight. <laughs> Musk doesn't want to fight. They don't want a cage fight. <laughs> It's just the devil fucking with them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but they're unrelatable, aren't they? Like they're on a different level. And, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, they've made so much money that they, you can't possibly need any more. Why would you want, why, why would you waste your life? Well, I suppose if they've made a deal with the devil, they mm. have to hold up their end of the bargain, don't they? I guess they do. So maybe just they have to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. um, that's it. No, that's a good example. I like yeah. that one. So, so uh, who have you got? Well, I've got a few, couple of examples, but I think, uh, the selling your soul or doing deals with the devil mm. is quite big in the music industry. Yeah. There are many cases of musicians that who have claimed that they've sold their soul in order to gain musical talent. And they were exceptionally good? Yeah. Oh, fairly good. Well, my example is Bob Dylan. Yeah, he's oh, he's an acquired taste. Actually, that sort of makes sense because his singing is crap, <laughs> and yet he's very popular. So maybe he's a great example of selling your soul. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, according to Bob Dylan, um, when he was younger, according to him and his friends, like when he was younger, he was just an average musician. He wasn't really that good, and uh, never was. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until he made the deal with the devil. And he actually admits this himself. Mm. Um, he admits that he met with the uh, ruler of this earth, uh, what we might think is God, but uh, according yeah. to the Bible, that's the devil who rules this earth. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, he, well, the chief, he says. Yeah. Uh, he was no good, but, um, yeah, his talents come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden... He, well, in his interview, he said that he has to, he's asked why he's continuing to tour mm -hmm. at the age that he is, and he says himself that he has to hold up his end of the bargain. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that, that's actually a good example because I've never liked Bob Dylan, and uh, I've always wondered why people did, and maybe that was that deal that made yeah. him university popular. So, well, he admitted himself. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go, and I'm sure there's many, many others. But um, yeah. I mean, what's the what's the price you got to pay? Hmm. And where do you meet this guy to make the deal? <laughs> Why did Bob Dylan meet him? I, I, I don't know where he hangs out, but um, yeah, well, that's a, where are these places that you can sell your soul? Hmm. Well, in the music, uh, it's always at the crossroads. Yeah, where are the crossroads? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, but oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I've, I've actually got one from the sporting world. Yeah, um, and he's a good example because um, just on facts and figures and statistics, he is still head and shoulders above anyone that ever played in the game of cricket, and that is Don Bradman. Mm. Now, Don Bradman, well, if you're not into cricket, right? If you if you're a batsman and your average is say sixty, you are considered an all-time great. Yes, he averages ninety-nine point nine six. Which is still, it's unobtainable. Always has been, but he got it. Now, um, the reason I say he was—he uh, may have sold his soul, probably did—is in his. There was things in his life that he did that were soulless. Now, really? Australia were touring, and he was captain before the Second World War. The depression was on. No one had any money. Yeah, the players had no money, and they're touring England, England with no money. They were going back to Australia. After the tour, which they had won, and they had no money. Anyway, there was a dinner held for them before they went back. And there was a, an Australian guy who was very wealthy, he lived in England, and he put on a dinner 
for the Australian cricket team, and he handed over a cheque to Don Bradman for the team for £10,000, which was an absolute fortune. And all the players who were down to no money, had no money when they went back, had gone, oh, thank God, you know, we've got... I never saw a cent. Just the soulless Bradman just put in his pocket. That was it. No way. Now, the other thing is... The war broke out a couple of years later in 1939. Don Bradman is at the top of his game. Unbelievable in the field, you know, physically. He's, he's fantastic. Did he sign up to go to war and risk dying and having to pay the price? No, he didn't. On one hand, he's the world's greatest cricketer, a great physical specimen, but he was medically unfit to serve in the war. Medically? Medically unfit. So maybe he was just too, too afraid to put his life on the line because he had a price to pay. And he also, in local cricket in Australia, he changed from New South Wales to South Australia. And the guy that got into South Australia owned a share broking business, okay? That, and the part of the deal was he gave Don Bradman a job in that business. Now, as it turned out, there was some investigations because there was a bit of skullduggery going on in the business. Anyway, Don Bradman said nothing and let the guy who gave him a job, brought him to South Australia, let him go down with the ship, and the business was given to Don Bradman. He paid nothing for it. He got all the all the clients, and that's how he made his living for the rest of his life. Wow. So, Solace. And he was on the board of Australian cricket when World Series cricket came in, when the, the players back in the 70s, who were, again, getting paid no money, were going to Kerry Packer's new game because it was offering them a lot of money. Bradman tried to try to stop that as well. He had no soul. People couldn't relate to him. And yet the general public who didn't know him um, thought he was great. He was like, you know, to compare to, say, Australian politics, he was like the Kevin Rudd of cricket. No. Yeah, I know. Look, he's, he's, a, he's sort of a bit of a popular part of Australian folklore. But oh, he is. He's a legend. Yeah. yeah. And, and players like, like Keith Miller, who I think was a greater player. Now, Keith Miller went to the war, flew in fighter aircraft all through the war. He was a hero. Played um, football for St Kilda, right, and played test cricket. He was an absolute champion and um, was pretty good with the ladies. <laughs> dated, dated the Queen's sister for a while. And there was a story when uh, he was in the dressing rooms after a day's cricket and the Queen's sister knocked on the door <laughs> wanting to see him and he just he was having a beer and he said, no, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and made a wait. <laughs> no. Yeah, but he, he hated Bradman because, uh-huh. you know, he didn't go to the war and he was just unrelatable. Keith Miller had a soul. Bradman didn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I think anyway. No, that's, uh, that's very good. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, I've... Sp- spoken uh, about the music industry and uh, there's a million different uh, examples of musicians but i think maybe like perhaps the real ugly ones like ed sheeran and elton john yeah you know they haven't exactly been blessed with looks (laughs) (laughs) perhaps they've sold their soul yeah in order to gain uh, talent Uh, yeah yeah. look that sort of makes sense yeah and maybe the devil said to elton john Look, I can give you a musical talent, but I can't do anything about that gap <laughs> in your teeth, mate. No, no, that, no that, he would have put it there to remind Elton, every time you smile, remember, you owe me. 
<laughs> it's a devil's gap. <laughs> uh, not bad, not bad. Because <laughs> he smiles a lot, Elton John. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah, he just has a smile. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All righty. Well, that brings me back to my other example. And uh, probably you would never have heard of this uh, fella. This is going back to the 17th century of Bernard Fokker. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. No, he was a... Um, he was a sailor, right? And uh, he was—he was a Dutchman, mm-hmm. and he was working the spice during the spice trade. Yes. Uh, the Dutch had colonies all over the world, and uh, with their spice trade, they had them in Indonesia. You know, uh, yep. very valuable spices going from Jakarta all the way back to Europe. Mm-hmm. Now that trip uh, back then took well over a year. Yep. Right, you had to go around Europe, you had to go around Africa and yep. around Southern Asia in order to get to Indonesia. Yeah. Right. Um, but apart from Bernard Fokker, right, he's, and according to letters of the ship that he captained, uh, he did this quite regularly, three months. So way, way quicker than anyone else could. Way, way quicker. Even... Even uh, a couple of hundred years later, ships tried to the fastest ships of the time tried to do it. Four months, five months. So you were saying Fokker made a deal with the devil? Well, according to legend, Fokker made a deal with the devil. Yeah, and he wanted to become the fastest sailor in the known world. Why not one month instead of three? (laughs) But anyway, go on. That's Uh, a good story. But according to legend, the devil had made supernatural modifications to the ship and so it would travel faster and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, he enjoyed that for a long time. And uh, But as we all know, if you make a deal with the devil and sell your soul, you've got to pay a price. Yeah. And, And what was his price? His price was that he would sail the seas forever. So we still out there. Well, this is where the legend of the Flying Dutchman comes in. Okay. So uh, I've heard the, the the phrase Flying Dutchman, like when Dutch footballers and things like that <laughs> they call them Flying Dutchman. But go on. Yeah. Well, but this is where this legend uh, originates, the Flying Dutchman. So yeah, Bernard Fokker. Yeah, and so the the ship just kept sailing. Well, yeah, just he kept, did. Yeah, I, I believed it when missing on a on a trip and it's yeah. never found again so it's on a probably on a parallel universe somewhere. there has been sightings okay of it yeah there yeah. have been many sightings but um yeah sometimes yeah. it's a hefty price yeah well i mean also in the world of business i would say and we, we spoke a couple of episodes ago about blackrock yeah. which is an, a satanic satanic organization now they must have sold their soul the people who founded that business i mean they own most of the the biggest portions of the weapons manufacturers in America, okay? They own the politicians. They make the politicians make the decisions to go to war. Then they get the taxpayers' money to buy their weapons that are sent overseas to kill people. So their products kill millions of people and they live in the nicest houses in the nicest addresses in luxury now what sort of person could possibly live that luxurious life of decadence 
knowing, like for example in Ukraine, they've killed an entire generation of young men and yet they rest easy. Only a soulless person could do that. Yeah, so could the devil be himself be running these corporations? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. That one. I mean, that's yeah. an evil... And the thing is, you know, we see the Ukrainian flags at shops and things like that, and people don't understand that this should never have happened, and it's all driven by people who take US taxpayers' money to send weapons to become scrap metal in Ukraine and kill, well, hundreds of thousands of young men. And they sleep easy. So you can only do that without a soul. Yeah, no, that's good. But uh, like, but we hear about all this money that's been sent over to Ukraine, but apparently the Russians are just walking all over them. Oh, they are. But, you know, that, that doesn't matter. And, you know, they're already setting up the next war, which is going to happen in Africa, in Niger. That's being set up as we speak. Really? Yeah, they'll clean up Ukraine. Why is that? Right. I mean, why over there? Well, the French colonised Niger. Mm. And see, the French, um, one of their main incomes is power, which they sell to the rest of Europe, nuclear power. And where do they get the uranium from? Niger, for a fraction of the price. <laughs> and um, the government, which was puppets of the Americans and the French, that did whatever they wanted, well, the locals just got sick of it. And they've overthrown them. And the Americans and the French are trying to get their preferred government back. And the people said, no, we want our resources to stay in Africa and benefit us, not the colonial French and the Americans. So uh, just watch this space. Think that will be okay. yeah. where the next war will happen. And they'll, they'll conveniently clean up Ukraine. The right excuses will be given. The right outcome will happen. Yep. Move on. <clears throat> That might need to go in our next uh, prediction episode. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're talking about selling your soul. I've got a question. Go on. What would you sell your soul for? Um, actually, I would. I never would. No, never. Because um, the it, look, not the, if you found out the price, because right? the price has to be steep. Yeah. Now, because we all die. Okay, so. And like as these billionaires are getting closer to death, they're panicking. They are trying to live to 150. <laughs> and they've lived fantastic lives of wealth and luxury. So it must be pretty frightening what's happening on the other side. So I'm happy to go with the talent I was given and live a, well, on a, a lot of people call a mediocre life. <laughs> vanilla. But, <laughs> vanilla. But I'd rather do that and not have to deal because it, it could be something terrible. I mean, you know, you might come back as say a pimple on Lizzo's groin or something I mean <laughs> can you imagine that <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh no yeah. but you know we, we've talked about selling a soul but is there a chance you actually could lease your soul lease it yeah well so you know when, when you sell your soul that's the ultimate deal okay you're giving away eternity but you may want to live you know a uh, be more popular and whatever so the devil would perhaps look for some little short-term deals and and where would he find the most desperate least talented wannabes and that would be reality television oh. so if, maybe everyone who goes on reality television has leased their soul 
where they have to live with our dignity <laughs> or self-respect for quite a while yeah. and then they can <laughs> they get their soul back before they die yeah, yeah so but they live a large portion of their life without their soul so yeah i think you can lease your soul yeah. because how else would explain people going on renovation shows weight loss shows dating shows what about married at first sight married at first yeah. sight yeah. or i'm a celebrity get me out of here yeah uh, <laughs> you mean they are soulless <laughs> I mean, you see, so I mean, I can't watch it, but I live with someone who does watch it, and I get kicked out of the room because I criticise too heavily everything that happens. And um, but they're soulless people, but and they are desperate wannabes who've who have leased their soul, and they all have to live for an indeterminate amount of time with no self-respect, no dignity. Because they're on reality TV, they'll be recognised in the future. Eventually, it wears off, and then they get their soul back. But I don't even want to go for part of my life without my soul. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think that's fair enough. Yeah, you don't want to Zuckerberg it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, I mean, I mean, a lot of people now are questioning whether even Barack Obama has he got a soul? Oh, I doubt it. I mean, he. <sighs> He doesn't seem to care about anyone but himself. He's self-obsessed. And, you know, he's just a, a chef on a chef-killing rampage right now. <laughs> Although it is okay. rumoured. It is rumoured that well, could, have, could have been his lover. All right. Well, for anyone that doesn't know, um, the, care to explain? Yeah. Would well, you? Yeah. The, the, the chef of uh, Barack Obama, who was his chef in the White House and he employed okay. afterwards. Yeah. Right was at uh, Martha's Vineyard, where the Obamas live. And apparently the Obamas were there, but the police report said they weren't. And he died when he was paddleboarding in eight feet of water. And this is the same man who, there's plenty of video, <laughs> swims like a fish. But he couldn't uh, get himself out of eight feet of still water while he was paddleboarding. And yeah, but he, he for whatever reason, the uh, soulless Obama, well, some people are speculating, um, he got rid of him, and again, some people are speculating he may have been Obama's lover. Obama's lover. Yeah. yeah. Even though he's married, he may have had a, a, yeah. a yeah a male lover. But as we heard last week, he has told the world that he's yeah, has he fantasized about yeah. having sex with men. Yeah. And then there's the stories about <laughs> Michelle being a man, yeah, so. So, which we have addressed before. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the. How can these things have any legs if they're not true? I don't know. <laughs> All righty. Well, have you got any more examples before we finish up? Um, well, not for today. Okay. I think we've, yep. we've covered. Well, we've covered sport. We've covered politics. We've covered business. We've covered music, and I think there's probably more uh, examples out there. Okay. Well, because it certainly does explain a lot if you, if you for these yeah. people that you know because they're unrelatable. That's, and that's true. True. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, let's make a part two. Yeah. So, yeah, watch this space. <laughs> all righty. Well, um, well, that's going to bring us to our word of the day. And have we got a word of the day? Yes, we have, yeah. um, which sort of relates to what we're talking about. And the word of the day is mysterious. <laughs> now, mysterious is the <laughs> male <laughs> lover of a married man. <laughs> Mistress. So instead of mistress, it's mistress. 
There's nothing illegal. It's, it's perfectly okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that I'm not sure if that word exists. We may have made it up. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting if it circulates around the world. We can we can lay claim to it. Yep. No, that's a good one. Alrighty. Well, um, we better finish up. So uh, we hope you enjoyed, and uh, we'll be back again next time.